Christos vos cres. Christos anesti. Christ is risen. Today in the gospel, in the hymns of Matins, we commemorate the women who uh, took care of Jesus and the disciples during his public ministry. And they were not afraid to follow him to the crucifixion and his death on the cross and then to attend to his burial. And they saw there a great stone. Name the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. I don't know how big that stone was, but I can imagine. I can't even uh, lift a little stone, but anyway, it must have been quite a sight. Placed there in a hurry, then sealed. And uh, the women, they were probably worried how they were going to get around that stone, how they are going to get in there, because they were going to anoint Jesus with holy oil, which was the common practice in those days. And in our church, when a priest dies, now they anoint him with holy oil, and then before they close the coffin, they pour holy oil all over him, and then cover him with uh, the veil and the cuffs, and his investments already uh, that he used when he was serving at the holy table. Something interesting about um, death, bringing out the best in people or the worst. Seems like in our society, it brings out the worst in people. For if somebody dies in the house, they get quickly get them out of there, and uh, they. Uh, some of them even burn their dead, which is not Christian. We bury our dead to wait for the coming of Jesus and the resurrection. So this Seventh-day Adventist preacher came up to see us last week. He's got a little cabin down the road from Nicholas' house. And he brought us some literature, you know. And he was trying to tell me, talk about to us about the end time. He figured the end time was here. And he used the Matthew's Gospel description. And uh, I didn't say anything. I just listened to him. Uh, I, I t reminded him that our Lord said, we know not the day nor the hour. He wasn't impressed with that. He was pretty impressed with, this descriptive scripture, what would happen at the end time. That doesn't mean surround the corner. It could be. So we should be uh, living as though it was around the corner, a holy life. So we're not like the foolish virgins. When the bridegroom came, he found them not prepared. They didn't have any oil to go in. Why did they need oil in there? Some kind of, kind of party. Maybe it was a funeral. I don't know. 
right? They weren't prepared. The men that didn't have the oil, they were not prepared for burial, and they were not prepared to meet the Lord. Sad commentary. Now, these women were prepared. They had a treasure on their hands, the body of our Lord. But as you know, the body of our Lord did not undergo corruption or decay. And it came burst out from the tomb, beautiful, but nobody knew who he was because he came out of the tomb with his resurrected body, his glorified body, which had already been up at the side of the Father and come down again. Only special peoples with special eyes, sight, could see him. And for 40 days he was amongst us. That's why we have Ascension Thursday on 40 days. Actually, probably Passion, Death, and Resurrection Ascension took place in a second. But he was around visiting after that. Then he probably ascended again. All these holy people saw him, who took care of him during his life, cooked for him, gave him a place to stay, whatever he needed to do. And he always warned us, we do not know the day nor the hour. Now there's another uh, thing to think about, about this uh, tomb and all that. Now we know our Lord, since he did the will of the Father, his death was holy, and we know that he was prepared to go to heaven. And he went up there, he was glorified. There are only a few people we really know about that, like Enoch, Blessed Mother, possibly St. Joseph, people like that, who lived extremely holy lives. Now, some people got a few little rules they pick up from the Bible or someplace. Well, if I do this, that, and that, I'm going to get to heaven. Oh, no. You got to do good works. So, so in the Bible tells us that these good works will carry us in the journey to the heavenly kingdom. Especially in James, especially in the book of Revelation, and other places in the gospel. And now this is like the time of awaiting. It's like the time of the visitation of the bridegroom. These 40 days. Now wouldn't it be great if these 40 days the Lord did come and see you in your house? And you could recognize him. And just like he did with your apostles, he'd walk through the door. Nothing can hold him out. Nothing can hold him away from you. Why is he attracted to us? Well, there's something beautiful about us. Our body is made of the soil of the earth, clay of the earth, shall we say. But our soul is breathed into us by God the Father himself. It's your combination of a earth-earthly and a heaven-heavenly situation in your makeup, in your 
Christianness. And then Christ, through his holy sacrament of baptism and chrismation, starts anointing you with the Holy Spirit and the holy oil. And so all your life, you have the Holy Spirit with you unless you chase him away. And that's usually through personal sin that we do that. But I would be careful not to have personal sin. Is it possible? It is. Through prayer and fasting and living an ascetical life. I remember who your friend is. Your friend is the Holy Spirit who prays in you and your companion is our Lord who's looking for you. He's looking all the time, more than 40 days, the days of your life, to take what's precious about you back to the heavenly kingdom, your mortal soul. And let's face it, it's not very attractive to us that we don't have a body that is immortal. But we will gain that at the resurrection. And you want to have that body because you're incomplete without it. So, when you die, respect that body. Put it in a safe place so that you figure when you're, you come back with your soul that the general resurrection, you're going to find it because you took very good care of it or those that loved you when you fell asleep in the Lord. They do lots of ritual around the death of a priest, but they do similar rituals for all Christians who are baptized and chrismated. And we should not neglect our sick, our elderly, so that they are in the proper condition when the Lord comes to take their immortal soul to its heavenly place, its heavenly home. It's a treasure. It is your one treasure, your immortal soul. Right now, every day, how are you taking care of it? I know some pious people, they have a little oil in their house, and they anoint themselves every day. Well, they can't do that. Only a priest can really do that. But they can pray with oil. You can pray with holy water, which is remember your baptism. Keep it in the house. Bless yourself. Especially sprinkle the house. Have the priest come and bless the house. But what the house of your soul is your body. You should take care of it like it was a temple. And scripture tells us that it's a temple. So today, they go to the tomb. They found the big stone. It's been moved. Young men have done it, angels. And they go in, the apostles before them, before the ladies came or just after they came, and they found it emptied. They found the cloth, the shroud laid aside. They found the uh, napkin that he was on his face uh, folded up, a sure sign that he will return. 
all these wonderful things about the ladies and their desire to serve the Lord. In the church, there's another holy state that they mentioned this weekend about the widows. It's in the readings uh, at Matins. And uh, they say in Scripture that holy widows should be tended to, taken care of. It's a holy state. But if they're troublemakers and too young, when they're made widows, marry them off. I don't know if that always works, but anyway. Widows are a particular state in the church. And in my parishes, I talk to the priest. I say, how many holy widows do you have? I ask priests that. And yet some priests are attentive to that. They know exactly how many women in their parish are holy widows. They should be attending to how they live their lives and how they pray. It's a holy order in the church. All these beautiful things makes our religion not only a gift from God, but a place of beauty, peace, and rest. And the most important part of us is our heart, where our soul dwells. Of course, the soul is throughout the whole body. That's what makes it live and walk and breathe. But sometimes we get older, you know, the, soul, the body's not doing too good. Well, God's going to look at that declining body sooner or later, and say, well, I'll just take the soul out, but I'll give him a new body that's gorgeous. They will go to a place where there's no pain, sour, mourning, but only life everlasting. In the readings of the Easter season, we spend a lot of time about the underworld and souls down there that Jesus brought them up. They were in a special place. They were not in hell. Although it says in the creed, he descended into hell, he went down to Hades and he brought up these holy souls. They certainly were not suffering in hell. They were waiting for the resurrection. The resurrection is power to the whole earth. It's like a new spring. It's beautiful. And it gives us hope. So if your charity is wanting, and your faith is weak, hold on to hope. If you hold on to hope, you also hold on to charity and love. These three things will bring you to glory. Your tomb will be empty, and you'll rejoice in the Lord with the holy angels and the saints. We're not like those who are just Sunday Christians or just Sunday and holiday Christians. It's a matter of everyday living, a matter of everyday prayer. So, whatever day or hour he finds you, you're ready to accompany him with the holy women from the tomb to the heavenly kingdom. Somebody asked me one time, why do you believe in Christianity? I says, well, I says, I was always raised that way. 
Everybody believed in Christianity, I thought, when I was a kid. I said, but you know, all these other isms and stuff like that, they don't attract me because they don't give you any hope. And you know, as you advance in life and have disappointments, you need hope. Hope gets you to live your life. Hope establishes in your heart love in Christ and the holy saints. Holy uh, Hope makes charity and faith viable. So that empty tomb, the glory of his visits, the holy woman's witness, the oil, food, the glory of Holy Week in this holy season, the season of hope, which teaches us of new life, not only here, but eternity. There will be no pain, sorrow, or mourning, but only glory in life everlasting, and you'll move from hope, glory to glory, as Paul tells us, in joy, peace, and love. Name the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen.